lot going on, a lot going on. I want to tell you a little behind the scenes, a little behind the scenes. I usually go to bed around, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, I usually wake up around two o'clock to go to the bathroom because I got the prostate of a 90 year old and I'll wake up again for good around like 6 a.m. Eastern time. So uh, at 6 a.m. Eastern time, I'll put on Morning Joe or New Day and then try to fall back asleep because I like hearing what the propaganda is at the beginning of the day because the propaganda in the morning on these networks is what drives all propaganda throughout the day. So I had uh, Morning Joe on this morning. Uh, I watch it so you don't have to. And honestly, I was like, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to be embarrassed for these anchors. I cannot truly believe that these anchors want to be drooling this way. I mean, obviously, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, the happy married couple, they're married. Uh, they, more than anyone in corporate media, helped elect Donald Trump. I mean, they had Donald Trump in 2015 calling in in his pajamas. He could call in while he was eating, you know, his gold-plated caviar. Uh, he could call in while he was probably going to the bathroom in his gold toilet. And, oh, Mika Brzezinski, oh, Donald, stop it. I mean, it was embarrassing. But now, when you watch MSNBC, it, 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 it's literally, it, it resembles more of a, uh, almost like a ongoing super PAC advertisement for Joe Biden. I mean, it's really embarrassing watching MSNBC. They could not be more obvious that they are trying to basically clear the field for Joe Biden, excusing his working with segregationists, excusing his role in the crime bill. Excuses, excuses, excuses. So I'm about to play uh, a clip from Morning Joe this morning. Uh, I want to forewarn you. It's, it's 5 o'clock, 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. Uh, if you have not eaten in the, within the last hour, if your blood sugar is low, I would not watch this clip. So you better be healthy enough to watch this clip because this clip is exactly, exactly. Bernie Sanders is not only facing Joe Biden's campaign. Bernie Sanders is not only facing, uh, you know, the New York Times, Washington Post, MSNBC, Kamala Harris. Bernie Sanders is literally facing a whole campaign arm for Joe Biden in MSNBC. And if this clip doesn't show it, I don't know what will. So strap it on. Strap on your big boy, girl and girl pants, because this clip is going to be painful. But I do it as a public service. And also what MSNBC is selling its viewership is the same thing. Corporate media sold us about Hillary Clinton. And it is inaccurate and wrong. You know, there's been some talk, Gene Robinson, this morning even of Joe Biden stumbling. We should all stumble so well. He's up 18 points in the yeah. Fox News poll. Yeah. He's up yeah. 27 points in South Carolina and leading President Trump by eight points in the state of Ohio. Yeah, allow me to stumble my way through this answer. I mean, no, he, look, he is, um, he's, he's more than old familiar Joe Biden with name recognition at this point, because everybody recognizes everybody's name now. Uh, Biden does have a history, and as, as Donnie said, a lot of it is ancient history. And I think what he needs to do and what he will do um, is in this debate is go back to the theme that got him that lead. Remember when he announced his campaign and he went 
right after Donald Trump. He went after the national emergency, went after the idea that this is a, this is an exceptional moment in the nation's history uh, when we have to get back on 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 track. We have to get back on the course we had been sailing. We we have to we have to stop this 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 awful destructive deviation uh, that this president is trying to take us on um, uh, as he drives wedges be, uh, between Americans and and um, and between us and our allies and and everything else and 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 that I think should be his focus and he should parry attacks as they come but but um, but that's that's a to me in the Democratic primary that should be a winning argument uh, and I think you know I, I would advise all the candidates to, to focus more of their fire on uh, on President Trump than on each other well I would double down on that argument for sure because at this point the enemy is within to an extent but it's the platform the megaphone and the ability to communicate to people who might be wavering on this and I wonder Gene I mean we've got uh, Joe Biden polling well among African-American voters another area where I think he does well is exactly what he was talking to us about on Morning Joe at a bar in Philadelphia during the last election and it was about Hillary Clinton and he said she's not talking to us middle-aged white guys from Ohio from Delaware from anywhere across America you know who's going to appeal to the disenfranchised Trump voter that's an area that's really important and if you're too far left and you know you're 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 for all these you know democratic platform issues that are way over on the left you're not going to get those voters and i think they're just as important who's going to do it i think it's joe biden well, I, you know, I, Mika, I'm, I'm, I've been wondering for a while if our traditional concepts of, of what's left and what's right aren't outdated at this point. I mean, you look at look at the policy positions that Donald Trump took uh, in in winning in 2016, and a lot of them you would think um, you know belong more on the left than on the on the right. Um, uh, so he's uh, it, it, it's a weird time when we're undergoing the sort of realignment. I worry less about what seems seems to left what seems to right as to as to what seems relevant to me um, uh, what issues seem relevant to me and and Biden, uh, as we see in the the poll numbers we just ran over from, um, we just looked at from Ohio, for example. That uh, Ohio is a state that, that that a lot of Democrats think is is basically lost, and all of a sudden yeah. you see him beating Trump in in Ohio in in the polls, and and that tells me that that there are a lot of those voters you're talking about there, uh, mm -hmm. in not just in Ohio but but throughout the the Midwest and the Rust Belt. Who, who see Biden as somebody who's on their side? Um, that's not that shouldn't have to be exclusively Biden, but um, but he's he's ahead of the others right now. The best part of that, <laughs> the best part of that, was when Gene Robinson, good old Gene, who was actually saying uh, kind of like quite politely telling uh, Mika over there. Uh, well, you know, your definition of what might be right and left might be a little wrong. Mika, but Mika is like, it's going to be Joe. It's going to be Joe. Did you see her face? Yeah, it's going to be Joe. It's going to be Joe.
I mean, where do you even start? Where do you even start? There's so many things in that clip that are wrong. So let's start. First of all, you know, I'm actually going to let Bernie Sanders make the first argument about why Morning Mika, Mrs. Scarborough, is a little wrong as far as uh, Joe, Joe Biden's electability in the states that Trump won. Let's take a look at Bernie. Is Joe's record something that should be discussed? Is Bernie Sanders' record something that should be discussed? That is what a campaign is about. Do we, should we engage in mudslinging and, and uh, opposition? It's a recent? policy question. Of course it's a policy question. So the answer is yes, but it's not only that. Joe was a strong supporter of a NAFTA and PNTR with China. How is that going to play in the Midwest, which was decimated? So I, I could promise you, I could promise you, because I was in Michigan, I was in uh, Wisconsin, I was in Ohio, I was in Pennsylvania quite a lot. The majority of people in Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, have not a clue about Joe Biden's voting record. You know how I know this? Because if you actually read the polls, which none of these reporters do, Jen and I do, it says in a lot of these polls, familiarity with Joe Biden's record as a senator, over 50% of people say, no idea what his record as a senator is. So I promise you, because I was there and I saw how the folks and these Trump voters responded when Trump was saying, I'm going to repeal, I'm repealing NAFTA and I'm bringing back the jobs and blah, 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 blah. And he uh, hung NAFTA, which was signed by Bill Clinton, around Hillary Clinton. Why in the world? Why in the world would the people in the Midwest that just voted for an orange orangutan reality TV star pretend populist because he pretended to be an everyman and they have been decimated with NAFTA and other things. And by the way, Joe Biden in 2016 as vice president wrote a glowing piece pushing for the TPP. So Joe Biden could say whatever he wants now. We have no idea because he hasn't answered whether he's still for the TPP. But... Trump would hang the TPP over Joe Biden because he would sign it and he would push it as president. And if you live in those states in the Midwest, if you live in other states that were decimated by NAFTA and these trade deals, if NAFTA was the first knockout, TPP will be the fatal blow if that ever came to pass. But don't just take my opinion for it. There's polling to support that elitist, Cocktail crowd, cosmopolitan, caviar, swigging, champagne, singing, Mika Scarborough is incorrect. This is a poll from Michigan from last month, a poll from Michigan. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders currently are de defeating Donald Trump by 12 points. Biden leads Trump 53 to 41% with 4% undecided as and was the only candidate from either party with a favorable name identification, including among independents. So Biden leading by 12. Sanders, a Democratic socialist who won, they got to put in the socialist, who won Michigan's 2016 uh, primary leads Trump 53 to 41 with 5% undecided. So same margin. Unlike Biden, he has a polling advantage over Trump among male voters and is doing particularly well among men with only a high school degree, a demographic that helped elect President Trump. Quote, 
Sanders has that uniqueness that he kind of disrupts the Trump pattern of less educated male voters. Biden exacerbates it. Mika, talking about plucking, plucking over those Trump supporters? What you have here is corporate media propaganda not backed out by anything. The, the voters in these states, I promise you, have not a clue what Joe Biden's record. And he's done a lot worse things. He's done a lot worse things than just NAFTA, the bankruptcy bill, the Patriot Act, repealing Glass-Steagall, welfare reform, crime bill. I could go on and on. So if Bernie Sanders is attracting more men without college degrees, with just high school degrees, which is the Trump voter, that is Trump's base. That means Bernie Sanders, of all the candidates, and other polls show this, is the one best positioned to pluck away those Trump voters. You saw the poll that I showed yesterday. 22% of Fox News viewers, almost a quarter of Fox News viewers, support Bernie Sanders if they voted in the Democratic primary. So you have, there's only one way you beat Trump. You need way more African-Americans to come out than Hillary Clinton got. You need more, more Latinos, which Bernie Sanders is currently doing better than anyone else. You need more people age 18 to 29. Hillary Clinton lost 6% of ages 18 to 29 compared to Obama in 2012. And you need to pick off some of Trump's voters. It's the only way, because Trump's base is going to come out. And frankly, he might even expand that base slightly. So Joe Biden, he might be beating Trump in those states right now. But unfortunately, once the field narrows down and once it's just Biden, Bernie, let's say Kamala, let's say Warren, if you want to throw in Pete, if he's able to stay in that long, uh, these, these subjects that, these topics and these votes that, and connections that Hillary Clinton was a major vulnerability for Hillary Clinton, that's why Bernie Sanders was able to upset Hillary Clinton in the primary in Michigan, because she had once called TPP the gold standard. Well, Joe Biden literally wrote in 2016 as vice president pushing for the TPP. So Hillary Clinton's comments was in 2011 as secretary of state. Joe Biden's comments are as of 2016. And he is not even on the record right now if he would still push for TPP. He also has fundraisers being held by people, by rich people who were literally on the TPP advisory council for President Obama. This guy is going to win Michigan and Ohio? Please. But that's not it. That's not it. This not being addressed, not being covered. U.S. manufacturing is currently in a recession. Federal data shows. Production was flat in June, below expectations of a 0.1% gain. So let's, let's get this straight. Expectations for manufacturing growth was 0.1%. And it fell below that. The U.S. factory sector declined in the three months ended in June. The second straight quarterly decline, the Federal Reserve said Tuesday. This is from two weeks ago. For the second quarter, production was down 1.2% after a 1.9% decline in the first three months of the year. 
Manufacturing fell to a 2.2% rate in the second quarter after a 1.9% drop in the first three months of the year. For June, industrial production was flat, slightly below the 0.1% gain expected by Wall Street economists. Compared to 12 months earlier, industrial production rose 1.3%. Capacity in use slipped to 77.9%. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell cited the weak factory sector. How's that for Trump bringing back all the factories? As one reason, many policymakers support cutting interest rates. The sector is in recession. That's not news. It's a consequence of China's cyclical slowdown and the trade war. We expect another tough quarter in Q3, but by quarter four, we think a, a trade deal will have been done. A trade deal will have been done, and China's economy will be turning up. This is Wall Street fixed fairy dust. The the, the, the manufacturing is not in re, uh, recession just because of Trump's trade wars. Manufacturing is in recession because of the 20 to 30 year war that the United States government has waged against workers by selling, by uh, letting the bottom fall out under them and selling their jobs to China, Mexico, and everywhere else. That's why manufacturing is recession. Trump didn't mean a word of it that he was going to bring back recession, which leaves an opening for an actual populist, right? If manufacturing is in recession, which it is by that, by those numbers, when your growth is less than 0.1%, I'd call that pretty dismal. Uh, you need a real populist. Well, is Joe Biden, who voted for NAFTA, which is the, basically 75% of why manufacturing is in recession in the United States, is Joe Biden, who is, was pom-pom cheerleading for TPP in 2016, is Joe Biden going to win over those workers who are feeling that recession? Yeah. Yeah. Not only, not only is Morning Mika Scarborough totally wrong during her drooling. And yes, Joe Biden is beating Trump right now in those states. No argument to be made there. But you have to actually look at the context behind that. Most of these voters have not a clue. And you wait till Donald Trump starts calling Joe Biden NAFTA Joe. You heard it here. It's coming, folks. NAFTA Joe. TPP Joe. His nicknames stick. I don't know if you guys saw, but apparently Joe Biden is now doing ads for the health insurance industry. I could not believe what I saw with this ad. Take a look. The day the Affordable Care Act passed into law, I cried tears of joy because I knew my family and friends were going to receive medical care they so badly needed. I also have relatives that have been diagnosed with a chronic disease. And at the time they were diagnosed, their health care was running out and the insurance providers would no longer let them get the prescriptions they needed because they were at an unbelievable price. The Affordable Care Act came into law. They were able to get the medical care that they needed. They continued to live a full life. My husband and I worked for a very long time. We are now retired. However, the length of time we worked earned us benefits that we can live the rest of our lives with. One of those is our private medical insurance. I have my own private insurance. I don't want to lose it. My husband and I worked for over 30 years. I feel we earned that benefit. And that's why I prefer 
to keep the Affordable Care Act, we build upon it, bring in the private insurance, and move forward. I like what I have, and it means a lot. So stay healthy along. Hope you don't need it. Hope you don't That's need right. it. That's right. I know. Thank you, Vice President Biden. Uh, so that commercial for Pfizer Healthcare. No, just kidding. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, that lady is nice enough, but I think she's getting taken advantage of by the Joe Biden campaign, if you ask me. So several things. When she says we worked our whole lives for this and we deserve it. What is she talking about? If you worked your whole life for it, but you want to keep your private insurance, you're still going to have to pay for that private insurance. Private insurance is not an entitlement that you work your whole life for and then you get it. That would be Medicare, where you pay into Medicare, Social Security. So I'm not quite clear on, on what she was talking about there. This woman, I don't want to change I don't I don't want to I don't want to lose what I have. You know, listen, there were people helped by Obamacare, mostly low income, a lot of minorities. But the best part about Obamacare was the Medicaid expansion. The worst part about about the worst part about Obamacare was the marketplaces because it was at the mercy of private insurance. So when private insurance companies aren't satisfied with what they're getting through Obamacare, they, they, they left, meaning less providers in the individual state markets, meaning prices go up. That's why for the majority of Obamacare, it wasn't truly affordable care act. You had high deductibles, you had co-insurance, co-pays. So this person is talking about, I really want to keep, I don't want to lose my, my private health insurance. Well, most people in America are not like, jumping for joy at their private health insurance. Most people in America would like not to have more and more money taken out of their paycheck to go towards private health insurance, coupled with the fact with the money that comes out of your paycheck, if you get employer paid health care, you also have to pay separate more money coming out of your paycheck for Medicare. So you're paying for Medicare. You're also pay, you're, you're paying out of your paycheck for Medicare. You're also paying out of your paycheck for the private healthcare plan that you have at your company. If you work at a very great company like uh, MSNBC, or when I say great, I mean a big company, maybe you have less money taken out of your paycheck for healthcare. But if you work at a middle-sized company, you're gonna have more money taken out of your paycheck for the access to that healthcare plan. You're also gonna pay for Medicare out of your paycheck, social security out of your paycheck, state taxes, and all the other taxes. And then after, you, after they take the money out of your paycheck, for the privilege of having that private health insurance plan, then you got to pay the deductibles on the plan, the co-insurance, the um, co-pays, and it resets every single year. So this person, and maybe she's a nice lady, I'm not knocking her. This person is talking about, I don't want to lose my holy private health insurance plan. Why? Do you, do you have a gold-plated private health insurance plan? This advertisement and what Joe Biden is saying, excuse my French because I already got demonetized, is a blowjob to the health insurance industry. That's all it is. All it is. Nobody is sitting there saying, I don't want to lose my private health insurance. 
a plan. I don't want to lose the money that they're taking out of my paycheck. I want them to keep taking that money out of my paycheck. I don't want to lose. I, I still want to pay those high deductibles. I still want to pay the co-insurance. I just got a bill. Here we go. Got a bill for $325 from my back surgery. Just today I got this bill. Coupled with several other bills I've already got for this back surgery I had. This is for the health care that I pay, by the way, $600 a month I pay for. Because I'm not working for a company. This is my company. And unfortunately, we're not rolling in it enough to pay for it. You don't want to lose this? Hidden bills that people like me are getting every single day? Get the hell out of here. And by the way, this is for uh, uh, this is for a surgery that was mostly covered. I've gotten several bills for hundreds of dollars at a time. I still have a bill for my first surgery, because I had two surgeries in a year and two months, for $2,000. I haven't paid it. But this is, this is the con. This is the con, the lies, and the insurance industry public relations that people like Joe Biden are doing. I mean, I've never seen something like that. So brazen. I mean, this is, this is the fraudulence of what we're being told. And by the way, by the way, this is middle class Joe. Middle class Joe and Kamala Harris, you know, for the people, middle class Joe, America's mayor. They're just hoarding money from Wall Street. Executives at Wall Street's biggest banks have begun throwing financial support to their early favorites in the 2020 Democratic presidential field, Biden, Harris, and Buttigieg, judge, 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 judge. I mean, you can't make this up. He's so full of it. All three combined to receive contributions during the second quarter from at least 15 bank executives from Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Citigroup, and Bank of America. Or, or, or you know, as the, as, the, as the Republicans, or I guess Joe Biden says, the job creators. I mean, you, you just can't make this up. The fraudulence. The donations represent just a fraction of the millions the candidates brought in during the three-month frame. Biden, speaking to a gathering of wealthy donors Wednesday in Detroit, warned them that they shouldn't expect another tax cut like the one they received from Donald Trump. Biden served as BP, blah, 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 blah. Well, let me tell you what Joe Biden said to these fine, fine rich people in Detroit. But he did tell uh, a separate fundraiser in New Orleans, we will be able to overcome four years of Trump's tenure. He will go down in history as an aberration. See, this is the fundamental un, this is the fundamental misunderstanding of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. Donald Trump is not an aberration. Donald Trump is a manifestation of the new normal in America, which is an anti-establishment reckoning. He is the he is the symptom of a much greater disease. He's not an aberration. There's a reason enough people are so pissed off, are so angry, are so desperate are so cynical that they say, the hell with it. I'll go with a clown. Goldman Sachs Chief Financial Officer Stephen Scher gave $2,800 in May to Biden's campaign. Scher was refunded $2,800 from an original check of $5,600, according to uh, filings. A spokesperson for Goldman Sachs says he didn't over-contribute. Scher attended a fundraiser in New York for Biden last month that was hosted by former hedge fund executive Eric Mindich, talk about middle-class Joe. 
Ari Glazer, a managing director at City, and Ali Reza, a managing director at Morgan Stanley, each gave Biden $2,800 the same month. Share, Glazer, and Reza have not given to another 2020 candidate. Biden finished the quarter raising $21.5 million. As a U.S. Senator in 2017, Kamala Harris introduced a bill alongside fellow Democratic contender Elizabeth Warren and Dianne Feinstein targeting executives at big banks. Oh, yeah, I really believe Kamala Harris is targeting executives at big banks. The bill, entitled the Accountability for Wall Street Executive Acts, would allow state law enforcement to issue subpoenas when investigating bank fraud, just like Kamala Harris did when she could have prosecuted Steve Mnuchin of one what was it, One West Bank, for illegally foreclosing on millions of people. Yeah, Kamala Harris is the person I trust to go after the big bankers. Ray McGuire, who's led Citi's investing banking division for 13 years, sent $2,800 to Harris last month. While he has also spent on other candidates, McGuire appears to be leaning towards putting his fundraising network behind Harris's campaign. Judge, who led Democratic fundraising battle, uh, in the second quarter with almost $25 million, had some help from Wall Street in hitting that milestone. Some? Richard Zinman, an executive at J.P. Morgan Chase, gave Buttigieg 2000 in late April. James Mahoney, the head of global communications and public policy at Bank of America, gave the same amount. One former chief at Goldman who has given to all three candidates is Bob Rubin, ugh, who worked at the bank for over two decades and later became Treasury Secretary on, under President Clinton. And by the way, Bobby Rubin was one of the fiercest gladiators for repealing Glass-Steagall, which is why we got the financial crisis in the first place, repealing Glass-Steagall. What's just amazing is I expect it is all political theater, all of it. So I don't expect Anderson Cooper and Jake Tupperware and Dana Bash to challenge these candidates on anything, really. Of course, they're going to hammer Bernie Sanders. Hammer Bernie Sanders. Maybe they'll ask Elizabeth Warren a tough question or two. I doubt it. But what you have here is Obama 2.0, 3.0, and 4.0. Uh, well, actually, Biden does not have the charisma of a Biden. But they are knowingly, Kamala Harris is knowingly lying to the masses. Joe Biden is knowingly lying to the masses. And why it's so dangerous is I think we need to defeat Donald Trump. I mean, as the Russia turns this week, uh, all this Mueller stuff, well, the Trump administration is about to cut food stamps for 3 million people. You hear a lot about this in the media? Trump administration will issue a proposed rule on Tuesday that aims to limit access to food stamps and would slash benefits for more than 3 million people. The rule, which looks to end automatic supplemental nutrition assistance program eligibility for people who already get federal and state aid, comes after state governments have misused this flexibility. So, you know, as Trump tweets horrible things against uh, Ilhan Omar and Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib and Ayanna Presley, which the media should cover, as the media fixates, you know, it was the Super Bowl with Robert Mueller testifying, and it ended up being a big fucking snooze. And the Russiagate conspiracy theorists look like the jokes that they are. I've said... Trump did obstruct justice, but that's not what Rachel Maddow and the clowns at MSNBC and CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post, this isn't the preview. This isn't the movie they were playing for the last three years. I was promised a Cold War reenactment. I was promised the sequel to Rocky IV. 
I was promised, you know, Jonathan Chait told me Trump was a Russian asset dating back to 1987. I was promised a blockbuster scandal and I didn't get it. So, yeah, basically, if we're MSNBC, CNN, uh, the New York Times, Washington Post, let's prop up Hillary Clinton with different body parts and Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton, frankly, different race. Sorry if you don't like it, but that's the truth. Let's prop up the two Hillarys. I'm not even going to mention Pete because eventually he'll drop out and, and be running for vice president. Or, you know, secretary of something. Let's run Hillary Clinton again. Let's call Biden or Harris the most electable, just like they called Hillary Clinton. And then let's feign ignorance on election night. How did this happen? How did this happen? Because I'm telling you right now, folks, Donald Trump is going to win re-election if it's Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Put it in your pipe and smoke it. I don't want it. I do not want Donald Trump to win. But don't blame me. Don't blame Jimmy Dore. Don't blame the people sending out the warning saying iceberg right ahead. Elizabeth Warren apparently just revealed why she did not endorse Bernie Sanders in 2016. Warren, I would have accepted a vice president's offer from Hillary. Color me shocked. Color me shocked. What is amazing about this, Elizabeth Warren would have, accept, would have accepted an offer from Hillary Clinton to become her running mate. The Massachusetts senator and 2020 White House hopeful said in a report published Thursday, uh, Clinton seriously weighed Warren as a potential running mate, the report states, and top aide Philip Raines wrote in a memo to his boss after their meeting, if a crystal ball said she wouldn't antagonize you for four years, it's hard to argue she isn't the most helpful for the next four months to get you elected. Asked whether she would have agreed to become Clinton's number two on the ticket, Warren responded yes. No wonder, no wonder as WikiLeaks showed, Elizabeth Warren and her team were angling, were angling to become to get meetings with Hillary Clinton as early as 2015. Now, you could say, well, you're going to get mad at her for wanting, you know, being willing to accept vice president. Maybe she would have accepted it to keep Hillary honest. I mean, that's laughable because she would have had no power over Hillary Clinton to do anything. But it just shows you clearly she did not endorse Bernie as a favor to Queen Hillary Clinton. Remember, Bernie Sanders only lost Massachusetts by a point. Elizabeth Warren's endorsement of Massachusetts could have made a big difference. It wasn't going to change the ultimate outcome, but it could have made a difference at that time. So, WikiLeaks shows she's making political calculations. She's angling for meetings with the Clinton team in 2015 before Hillary even announces. Then she doesn't run. Most people would say she didn't run because she knew Hillary was running and didn't want to get in the way. Didn't want to, you know, be out front of the rightful uh, glass ceiling breaker. And then the candidate who, by by your entire record and what you say you stand for, is clearly closest to you, Bernie Sanders, 
you don't endorse. And then you glowingly endorse Hillary Clinton when the primary is over. Excuse me if that doesn't inspire confidence that you are the progressive fighter you are saying you're pretending to be. I think you're more progressive than Kamala Harris. I think you're more progressive than Joe Biden. I think you're more progressive than Obama. I think you're more progressive than Pete Buttigieg. But these political calculations make me concerned that am I getting what you're selling if you become the nominee? Am I getting what you're selling if you become the president? So why this troubles me, and I remember um, getting into a debate with my former colleague at the Young Turks, uh, Emma, during the 2016 when I still worked there. To me, it's not like a small mistake not endorsing Bernie Sanders. It shows me who you are. A small mistake is like, you know, voting for a bill that ended up turning out bad, you know? Yeah, a lot of senators or congresspeople are gonna have bad votes. The good ones admit that they were bad votes. But to me, it's not a mistake that she didn't vote, uh, endorse Bernie Sanders. It shows who you are. And by the way, do you think for a second If Elizabeth Warren endorsed Bernie Sanders in the primary and Hillary Clinton thought, even even though she uh, endorsed Bernie in the primary, and Hillary Clinton thought choosing Elizabeth Warren as her vice president would help her win, you don't think Hillary Clinton would would, uh, suck it up and do it? Hillary Clinton would sell her firstborn child if she had to. Congrats, Chelsea. Just had her third kid. By the way... Why do you think Elizabeth Warren is saying this now? Why do you think Elizabeth Warren is saying, I would have accepted vice president now? Maybe because she's trying to pick up more of those Hillary Clinton voters. As I reported to you yesterday, more young people are for Bernie Sanders. More people without a college degree, just a high school degree, are for Bernie Sanders. They're basically tied among people with bachelor's degree, so one college degree. Uh, Bernie is doing better among African-Americans. Bernie is doing better among Latinos. Bernie is doing better among among men. She does better among post-grad degrees and the highly educated. Basically it. And Elizabeth Warren does better among old, old people. Like, no offense to the older people watching now, because status quo and progressives obviously have older viewers. But by the data, the majority of older people in America, I'm saying like 60 and up, vote establishment, unfortunately. So Elizabeth Warren does better among the 65 and older crowd than Bernie does. So she, to me, saying this is kind of a little signal to those folks. I'm still spiritually with you. I'm still spiritually with her. You know what I mean? So I don't know. The more I see, the more I don't like. The more I see, the more I don't like from Elizabeth Warren. Just keeping it real. Just keeping it real.